listening to a Sharesies podcast. No, my heart of my ear. It's Monday, the 13th of September. This is a recap brought to you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation. Financial disclaim this. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. It's another week of recap and of course uh, it means it's another week of John stepping in saying hi. Hi John. Hi Jose, thanks for having me. I feel like it's the old long-time listener, fourth-time <laughs> caller now. I know, it has been four times, hasn't it? Thank you yeah. so much, mate. Really appreciate you stepping in. But let's, let's get cracking, eh? Lots of news today. Uh, let's start over in Australia. John, there's a question for you. How many times in the last two months do you think Sydney Airport has received a takeover offer? Ooh, I would say it's probably the same number as the amount of Zinger burgers I've had in the past month. So I'm going to go off zero, Jose. <laughs> well, uh, man, I wish I could really do the Zinger burger right now. <laughs> Sorry, Jose. I get the extra bacon and cheese put on it as well. Uh, actually, uh, it's happened three times in the past two month, months and all by the same consortium. But it looks like three times is the charm. The latest bid saw the airport company opens it, open its books to due diligence. Okay, let's go back here. Who's been making these takeover bids? Yes, yeah, so uh, that's an absolutely pertinent question. So the consortium we're talking about, who's been trying, as you say, to take over Sydney Airport, uh, which is Australia's only listed airport, by the way, is called Sydney Aviation Alliance, otherwise known as uh, the SAA. It is made up of a couple of infrastructure investors, including uh, Aussie Super Funds and a US fund manager. They made their first bid in July, but that was rejected by the board, as was the following second bid in August. So why did the board send that bid packing? Well, the board basically indicated the offer would need to be lifted to, and I quote, appropriately recognise long-term value for Sydney Airport security holders. And I think also the suggestion was that, uh, you know, the consortium SAA was basically because of COVID and no, there's no flights going on, we're trying to you know, get a bargain. Ah, I see. So they clearly came back with an increased offer. What are the details? They've now offered them $8.75 a share. That's an increase of 3.6% from the last offer of $8.25 a share. So that means the airport is pretty much valued at around $23 billion Australian dollars. And that's going to be, if that goes through, that's going to be a big deal, one of the biggest in Australia's history. But as I say, third time's the charm. The board gave the SAS permission to conduct... Uh, due diligence, which basically means they can have a look at the airport's financials after signing an NDA. And if they like what they see, the deal's done? Well, not quite. So SAA has been granted non-exclusive due diligence. That means that someone else could swoop in and make another offer in the meantime. Uh, how likely that has happened might depend on legislation, which states that there can't be over 49% of foreign ownership one of these big airports, so that's a big box to check. 
Um, but if uh, in, in about a month it's expected, if they dot their I's and cross their T's, the SAA will make a binding proposal. Now from there, if the board likes what they see, they'll recommend it. But from there, it also needs an independent exports expert report. At least 75% of shareholders need to approve it and various government regulators uh, need to sign it off. It is a process which could take months. In the meantime, Sydney Airport is due to release its half-yearly earnings later this week. So John, talking about uh, airports and flying, what's been flying across your radar today? Yep, so Qantas has not been given clearance to land a new deal with Japan Airlines. Oh, awesome. So uh, another airline story, I love it. So who's been, who's, who's stopped them from touching down? The Australian competition watchdog, which is the ACCC. Oh, bro, what have you done? You've set it off. You set off the initialism slow jam. Is that what I think it is? It is. It is the initialism slow jam. Mm, yeah, ACCC. Love it, love you, ACCCC, yeah. It's, it's actually like, quite something um, hearing that slow jam live. I know, it's, I still know, just like, want to listen to it. You know, it, it sounds a little bit different like on Apple Podcasts after I've left my five-star review, but hearing it like come through right now, it's this is something else. Because this time it's all for you, baby. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's, let's the ACCC, what, what does that stand for? Yep, so it stands for the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. All right, thank you for that. So let's start with why Qantas and all, uh, Japan, Japan Airlines wanted to enter into an alliance. So Qantas and Japan Airlines wanted to enter into an alliance for flights between Australia and Japan, which would benefit new destinations, mm. especially smaller parts of Australia, which would not otherwise get flights to Japan like sunny cairns up in North Queensland. Under the alliance, Qantas and Japan would coordinate flights and set the same prices on routes between the two countries and offer the same in-flight services. All right, so why did the ACCC shut this alliance down? The ACCC said that while they were, there may be short-term benefits in allowing the alliance, the long-term, in the long term, when the border opens, the alliance would essentially shut any comp- competitors out. This is because pre-pandemic, Qantas and Japan Airlines were each other's closest competitors on the busiest route from Sydney to Tokyo, of which they made up 85% of the market. Right. And they were the only planes flying direct from Melbourne to Tokyo. There was also a submission from Virgin Australia to the ACCC, in which it stated that it would be much harder to break into the Australia-Japan market if it was up against Qantas and Japan Airlines acting jointly rather than as individual competing companies. Right, so they're basically saying that the two companies are too close together. They're kind of offering yep. kind of the same product. Are these airlines, uh, airline, airline alliances, I should say, pretty common? Definitely. Qantas recently had its alliance with American Airlines reauthorised by the ACCC for another five years. The difference here was that this has been a long-term alliance between the two parties since 2011, and the route between these countries has multiple airlines flying compared to the Australia-Japan route. Mm. The alliance between American Airlines and Qantas benefits consumers because it means they can have access to amenities like lounges overseas, which they otherwise would not have access to, and it also means that consumers will have more flight options. 
Right. So what is the ACCC trying to promote here? The ACCCC. Did I say an extra C there? Sorry. I don't know. I've lost count. I've just <laughs> too many Cs. So they want to encourage competition, which will ultimately benefit the consumer. This is because if there is more competition, airlines will seek to develop points of difference to their competitors, which will result in consumers getting better deals. But when potential deals like the Qantas Japan Airlines one comes onto the table, which may hamper new entrants, the ACCC will step in. Excellent. Thanks very much for that, John. For this last story, we're coming back home. Is that right? Yes, we are. We are returning to Aotearoa. So this morning, the stapled security Stride Property Group announced to the NZX the demerger and listing of a new listed property company. Okay, I'm going to need you to unpack that. When you say staple, all I can think of is summer and that kind of bombing technique that people do off the walls. <laughs> oh, the wharf. staples, yeah, man. Yeah, and I, I could never do a staple. Can you do one, Jose? I've never tried in my life. I just, I just, <laughs> sort, of, I just sort of flop and like a, like a dead fish, to be honest. Uh, but a stapled security. So a stapled security is when two separate companies kind of smoosh their shares together. So they're kind of, they're traded as one on the share market. So... In this case, and you, yeah, bear with me on this one. It's sort of a, it's a nutty one. So in this case, we have a one-hand Stride Property Limited, which invests in New Zealand uh, office, retail, and investment property. And on the other hand, we have Stride Investment Management Limited, which manages property portfolios. So together, the shares are traded as Stride Property Group on the NZX. Okay, I think I've got that. Yeah, but yeah. And so like, the shares are just yeah. are basically. Uh, sh- Sold as one. Both their shares are sold as one, basically. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Remember, yeah. Sweet. But then, what's the, the merger? Okay, so so Fabric Property Limited is a business currently wholly owned by Stride Property Limited. So they want to basically separate Fabric from them so they can list it on the NZX. Now that's what a demerger means. It's 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 the opposite of mer- of a merger, basically. Okay, seems simple enough. Is it all done then? No, no, not at all. Uh, the demerger and listing is conditional on Fabric being successful on completing its current IPO. So what are they offering shareholders of Stride Property Group? So Stride's proposing that they'll distribute shares in Fabric out to their shareholders on a one-for-four ratio. So for every four Stride shares you own, you'll get one share in Fabric. After the completion of the IPO, it's estimated existing Stride shareholders will hold about 25% or so of Fabric shares. Now, just before we went to record, Stride was trading at $2.65, up 1.5% from Friday. Now, before we go, just a quick update on some stories from last week. You remember how we talked about the latest Marvel film, Shang-Chi, opening to Boffo, box office numbers and providing a shot in the arm of the COVID-ravaged North American film industry. I feel also I should offer you uh, an apology, John, because I called you a dork after, after, <laughs> no, after, you, after right. you said that Batman was a, was a Marvel character. And I'm the one who got all upset about that. So I'm yeah. the dork, John. I apologize for that. <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. I was going to say, like, maybe someone like John Cena or whatever. So, like, you know, that that, that was my alternative there. <laughs> 
It's all good. It's all good. Well, uh, Disney, the new news from Disney is that it announced that the rest of its movie slate from the year will be, for the rest of the year, will be released in theatres exclusively. So no more of those hybrid physical and online launches, kind of like they did with with the Scarlett Johansson film, Scarlett Widow. No, Red Widow. Now I'm the dork. I can't even remember the name oh, of the film. I, I haven't. I haven't seen that one. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, it was well. It was released in theaters and also on Disney Plus at the ah. same time. So uh, at least for the rest of the year, no more of those from Disney. And also, as you know, we've been looking into what the semiconductor shortage has been doing to industries around the world, particularly in the auto industry. Well, General Motors has doubled the number of vehicles it plans to cut from production because of the shortage. Now, last month we reported it. It said it. It was cutting 100,000 units. Now GM says it now expects to remove 200,000 cars. However, the company says it's not changing its recent earnings guidance, saying they still are going to deliver a year that would be higher than initially expected. And that was Recap for the 13th of September. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying what you hear, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Ka kite anu. Matewa.